0: I think that's a huge impact of cinema, is the ability to create bonds between people from knowing a communal piece of art. You summed that up. Yeah. Perfectly. <laughs> Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Dorm Room. I am Hayden Hartrick. I'm William Rose
1: Hines. I'm into the podcast section assistant editor. And this is Dorm Room Rambling. This is the new show. This is episode two. Episode two. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Hayden and I are both here because we are both lovers of film and we are both uh, aiming to work in the film industry in some sense. And um, I proposed a question I really wanted to talk about because... Oftentimes, I grapple as an artist with this concept of, do we have a responsibility to our art? Is our art supposed to be something that changes the world, reflects the world, um, augments our reality, suggests a possible new one? um, And no greater mind to talk about it on the podcast section than uh, Hayden.
0: Oh, you flatter me. Yeah, so we're gonna be talking about, um, in in short, uh, the duty of cinema, mm-hmm. which just sounds very pretentious. But we're it gonna try to come. so pretentious. We're gonna try to come <laughs> at it in in our own little angle. Just kind of have a fun discussion, which is what this show's all about, right? Yeah, I feel like we're like the theater masks right now because mm-hmm. you do comedy and I'm always on drama. Mm-hmm. So we've got both perspectives. So you've got all <laughs> of the perspectives you could ever need right here in this room. There's Truly. no reason to ever listen to anything anybody else says. You should never through. watch any other podcast other than this. episode doesn't exist. On repeat. <laughs> For the rest <laughs> of your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do we want to just start off with giving just some definitions of what, what we think, and then we can dive deeper into everything else? I think that's a good place to start. All You're right. Take it. Okay. So doing this this question brings up a lot of... It's a lot of thought that, that goes into this question, and, and I came to this decision after talking to a couple of friends that I think, in my personal opinion, the duty of cinema is to know what you are telling the world mm-hmm. because i think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of thing like films out there in the world that, that do not know the message that they're sending out into the world and because they are unaware of the message they're sending out into the world uh it really muddles that message and kind of sends mixed signals so at least in my personal opinion i think uh, as a thesis statement, per se, <laughs> the duty of cinema is to understand the message you're trying to send out into the world mm. and to focus on that message.
1: Well, it's so funny, too, because every like every class I have taken in in the writing world has always been like, before you tell a story, you have to know your story. If you mm-hmm. don't know what you're saying, you're going to create, I'll avoid cursing on this podcast. You're going to voice like make garbage. Yes, essentially. Yes. Um But what I would ask you is, so does every
0: does every film have something it's saying? I think I think whether the it's intentional or not it does i think every single piece of art that you create is just by nature consumed by an audience and an audience will derive a message sometimes even ones that you were not intending And so I think because of that, that's why it is so important to be aware of the message you're putting out into the world.
1: Of course. I want to go back to the first screening of Jack and Jill and ask Uh the whole audience what the message (laughs) is. Let's get a poll. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I mean, yeah, because the funny thing is I think I I, uh, mentioned this earlier when we were just chatting, but like the idea that – No matter what, you're going to reflect your own views and your opinions, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you're not intending it. Um, So no matter what, your art, because it's a reflection of yourself, is going to end up saying something. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because we live in a world now where you have to be very precise about what you're saying. And also because I think that's part of the scary world of film for me, too, is that you can make something with a message that you clearly see, but
0: other people are going to receive it completely differently. Mm -hmm. Because other people, I think another aspect of it is is so many people have different interpretations of the world and different views of the world. And exactly like what you were saying, like we as filmmakers and, and we as as artists are, we have our own view of the world. And maybe we have a message that like will come through because of that view of the world and people will see that, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of times it's reflecting our own view. And sometimes if your view is uninformed that can (laughs) heavily be seen in, in art, you know? Yeah. And I, the funny
1: thing too, I like this year, I've really kind of, this has dawned on me that, and I mean, it should have dawned on me earlier, but, uh, (laughs) that like, there are stories that are ours to tell. And then there are stories that are not ours to tell. Mm -hmm. Um, and recently one of my scripts that I submitted for, uh, coverage came back and they were like amazing. However, there's a story in here that is not yours to tell. And I had to examine what exactly can I write from, you know, Mm -hmm. my actual truth. Um, so I guess that's like the duty is, I think, in my mind, just to write from your place of truth. I'm a writer, so mm-hmm. I'm speaking from writing terms. But to create film, it just has to be from your own personal place of truth. That's the duty to the art. But is there a duty to the audience? Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Which is when we get into the, the aspect of entertainment. Because uh, yeah. that's another va- deep value of, of film. And especially in an industry like this that is so... As much as we want it to be, there's there's no world where film is just the artistic expression. Even there Sundance is, Indies are making money. <laughs> that's right. There there's the entire money making side of film, and you have to know your audience to to be able to like stay true to that. And and I think that you you get when you have these conversations, you you bring up can film just be entertainment? And I think it can, if that is what you're intending it to be. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because uh, I think about. Funnily enough, the Fast and Furious franchise. Of course, right? <laughs> because I recently, for the first time, saw a Fast and Furious movie.
1: Recently,
0: yes, I saw Fast and Furious Nine. Was my first one to watch. Is that the new one? That's the new one.
1: Let's go into. Sp- is that the space one? Mm-hmm. Oh, they go God. into
0: space, and it, it is it is purely. It is purely like popcorn movie dumb fun and i and i think there's an element that the writers understand that or at least i hope they do because it comes across i really hope they're not in their room being like this is so important (laughs) Mm -hmm. because there are some scenes like that that feel like they're trying to experiment with the the like going into deeper like places with their their film and it's like okay but is that is that the place in a do you know your tone? movie Yeah, (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know, it's, it's, in, it's an interesting conundrum to run into because I don't think, I don't wanna ever put people in a box and be like, this is what your movie is, you can't go outside of that because mm-hmm. that's not what art is. Well, I mean, look at, I mean, my perfect example for
1: that is Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. right? All the Adam Sandler made movies that are just goofy fun, they're just meant to be enjoyed, they're not supposed to be, you know, these lofty like, here's my meaning. Um, but then the man can turn around and do something like Uncut Gems, which is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing, too, is even when a film, I feel like, is not is just trying to be entertainment, there's the area where it actually ends up saying something, too. Because, yeah. like, there's that uh, Adam Sandler movie that I, I tried to watch recently. I could not get through it. Um, I think it's like Chuck and Larry get married or something. Okay. It's, have you seen, have you seen it? I have it? not. Like,
0: I, I truly have not watched that much Adam Sandler. That's,
1: that's fine. Hopefully we're not offending any Adam <laughs> Sandler fans out there. Um, but this movie is from like 2005 and it's supposed to be, my roommate uh, was like, hey, let's watch this. It's supposed to be this goofy comedy and he hadn't seen it since he was a kid and we put it on and we're watching it and you know, I guess in 2005 it was supposed to be this goofy comedy but it was actually really problematic mm-hmm. like really really not a great representation of the lgbtqia plus community mm-hmm. um and we were like okay so they were intending just to make an audience laugh but really they made a pretty big statement about what they believe of this entire subgroup of people of
0: people yeah um, i was watching futurama recently oh my god yeah. um <laughs> and it's an animated show from the 90s and it has some really bad depictions of like trans culture and like and it was just like sitting from a 2021 perspective i'm like oh they were just trying to make a joke but this is like this is like bad this is like Mm -hmm. really bigoted with what you're saying here you know
1: and the thing that interests me right and i I think about this a lot do we or should we Judge past like cinema, right? Judge past cinema by the standards of today. Because you look at a movie like Airplane, which Mm -hmm. for since it's been made has been like the epitomal com or like ensemble comedy film, but it's so, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. so a lot. Um, But like, should we be judging that by today's standards? I think it's our
0: duty to do so. Hey! Right? Okay. (laughs) Because I think that we as people Mm -hmm. cannot evolve into the future without. Analyzing our past, and if we were to look at movies like, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something controversial, but Rocky, I think the first Rocky, Rocky is a very bad protagonist that does some really messed up stuff, (laughs) right? And looking at that from our perspective now, we we analyze what made that time different, and we have to learn from those mistakes Mm -hmm. and learn that and know that our world is different, and I think that is is good for us because then when we are writing and we are making we can say in 50 years will what i'm saying mm-hmm. now be looked on in a positive light yeah you know i think i think that's one of the biggest blessings that we have as you know we're
1: not you know we're not rich we're not going we're not in the mm-hmm. industry making you know multi million dollar blockbusters right now but if we get that opportunity we are the people that are charged with creating the memory of this time period of creating the memory of this era because when we look back at you know the, the movies of the 50s, that mm-hmm. kind of summarizes that time period for us mm-hmm. in everything, including from fashion and the outward expression to the nuance of you know the problematic side of mm-hmm. it. Um, and we have that response. I think it's kind of it's for me, it's one of the beautiful things like we get to decide how our generation is remembered by telling the stories that matter to us. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, especially qu- because so many people are able to tell stories now oh my, anyone know, with a phone can tell it's so story. accessible and, and, and that's why it's it's so important to have this discussion and mm-hmm. to know what you are putting out into the world because there are so many people now that are affected by everything that everybody does the world is so connected in its own way that you you have to be aware of what you're doing
1: oh yeah and I also I feel like because we've all become so like hyper intellectualized about you know mm-hmm. how we take on media, like we understand the nuance of it's like that that TikTok meme that's going around right now. That's like I watch Love Island not for Love Island, but for the socioeconomic like mm-hmm. going into that big. Like we understand so much of how this world works. I think obviously you can't completely that when we take on media, we like dissect it by those standards. So we need to be prepared for that when we put stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, It's always a fun thing. I also, in terms of, like, the entertainment side of it, right, oftentimes we have, like, I think it was Martin Scorsese that was, like, the Marvel movies are not cinema, Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) So
1: I guess because we're using the term cinema to describe, you know, the the movies that create our culture – are the Marvel movies <laughs> cinema? Like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything, every if, like, should there be qualitative
0: judgments about what makes up cinema? I don't. I truly don't think so. Because as much, much, as much as I'm not going to say there's not like problematic themes in Marvel movies that may have not been intentional but kind of come through. I think they' there's still cinema, and there's a place for movies that not everything has to be a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's. Places for for movies that are just meant to make people happy. Not everything has to be, you know, the most super, like, perfect movie, you know, Mm -hmm. to not to be enjoyable and to have a place in the world. Because Marvel movies, as much as people might not want to say they're real cinema, they have had a huge impact on our culture over the past two decades. Oh, my God, yes. They are. They are without a doubt cultural time stones of our world today. Time and when, stone. when yeah, <laughs> and when people look back in the future, mm. this is will be a defining mark of our era. And so they have a purpose there. They are cinema there. They are films that define a generation. You know, and also because like with the idea of the entertainment of it, you
1: know, you look at the movies of. The late 1940s into the 50s, coming out of World War II, the Mm -hmm. the birth – not the birth, but the solidification of, like, the movie musical, right? The purpose of film during that time period was to take us away from the immense sadness the world's experienced and just give us an escape. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that was a valiant thing. Like, to take us from the bleakness of, like, the post-World War II era and just let us, like, escape into cinema – and today, it's, it's the, the same. same. Yeah.
0: we. That's exactly what Marvel movies are, are and superhero movies and Fast and Furious movies are there for, is to allow us to escape. And they know that they're doing that, mm-hmm. which is the reason they are able to be successful with what they're doing. Knowing the stories you're telling. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Bringing
1: it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but I am of the personal belief that even those movies that are meant to just be entertainment are made by people who care about what they're saying and mm-hmm. about what they're making. It's it's not made by people who just, hopefully it's not made by people who <laughs> just want to make money. It's made by people who legitimately want to have an impact on the world. Because I think there's a difference between writing a story to be entertaining and putting yourself out there just to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know as a comedian, that's what I want to do. I don't I don't tackle a lot of heavy, heavy subjects in my comedy just because I don't think I have the specific ability to do so. And so when I'm looking at myself in that, I'm like, I want to make people laugh, uh, but I'm not doing it so people will know my name. I'm doing it because I want to bring joy to the people around me. I want to bring up their spirits. I don't – and that manifests – in creating art you know mm-hmm. that will so I think I think there will always be an industry. there will always be a place in the industry for people who are just wanting to make money because they will put they will make themselves a place in the industry yep. but I think as we evolve as filmmakers you're always going to get better stuff by people who have a passion for it even if that stuff that they're making is just purely for entertainment
1: that's the thing i like to i like to hope that the industry will kind of funnel people into where they not where they belong but like those who are just looking for money will have that opportunity and those Mm. that are looking to actually you know create something with an impact on an audience Mm. because there's this wonderful book um, by i think peter brooks i believe called the empty space on like directing and like creating arts um, and one of the things he says is that like the theatricality of a piece, the cinematic nature is always informed by the audience participation, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that is an emotional participation or a physical one, like on the edge of your seats. So for that world, for the cinematic qualities of film to evolve, I just hope that we can funnel those people in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask, so like you, you watch
0: a pretty good amount of films, right? I've watched a decent amount. <laughs> Less than <Decent amount? laughs> <laughs> um, Less than I should as a quote unquote film major, uh, um, but enough enough to okay. Like I, I, I'm not I'm not as good at being on top of like the indie scene or or see, everything. I'm the opposite. Going. I haven't even seen Rocky. Yeah, see, <laughs> I you, know it's you egregious. don't got it. You don't got it. You really don't got it. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I try to keep on top of a lot of movies, but again, a lot of times I watch movies um, socially. I, mm. I, I don't I don't do a lot of movie watching when i'm on my own i I save that for more tv i watch a lot of television on my own and i watch a lot of movies with my friends so sometimes me and my friends don't want to watch you know the indie movies we want to watch of course stuff like that but but i do watch enough to have a good amount to say on this conversation you you know so so
1: what i was going to ask you as an audience member right like if we're doing a poll of ourselves as an audience member what do you get out of film like what when you want to go watch a movie like
0: what does it do for you personally Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it can do a few things. It can give me a window into another world, hmm. um, which is one of my favorite things, is being able to look into uh, like other people's experiences and really get a feel for that. Uh, it can help me reanalyze our world uh, in by looking at stuff and, and helping recontextualize things and... I think th- those are the two main things that that I get out of a lot of movies, um, and it also, I think it gives me a thing to bond with people about, mm. right? I think that's a huge impact of cinema is the ability to create bonds between people from knowing a communal piece of art. You summed
1: that up, yeah, perfectly. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that the thing too, it, it kind of brings us back to you know the points of or the duty of, of film. Like when there is a communal aspect and on top of that, an aspect that lets you see from the perspective of someone else, we live in a world right now where nobody wants to see from anyone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that film can put you there and to see the emotional nuance of somebody else's life, it makes us more empathetic people. I've always mm-hmm. like believed that the more we make an effort, even if it's just through the film we watch to see the perspective of other people, we become a more empathetic generation. Mm-hmm. And then actual change in the world. So we something that just yeah.
0: cycles on and on. Because maybe we we don't get all the work done in our own lifetime. Yeah. But we can put pieces down for other generations to follow to hundreds of years down the line have a better world than we have now. You yeah. know? And I
1: mean, for me personally, when I'm watching films, I, it's weird. I I often get too caught up in the like I'm going to watch this analytically from the perspective of a filmmaker, so I can do better next time I make a movie. But then every once in a while, when I just can't do that and I'm just like oh I'm lost in this other world because I love that you said that brings you into another world and that's why I love fantasy movies Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. much (laughs) Mm -hmm. because instantly I'm just in a complete and that's the funny thing too I think there's a combination this actually might be my favorite type of movies when it's that perfect combination of like just entertainment but there's also some like there's also some moral thematics in there and Lord of the Rings is the first thing that pops into my head. <laughs>
0: it's why Iron Giant yeah. is one of my favorite movies because nice. on the surface, it is just a fun, like coming of age story about a kid and a giant robot. But <laughs> when you really look at it and you analyze it, it it, it is a movie about um, like weaponry and who we are and defining ourselves not by the people we were created to be but by the people that we want to be shivers uh, <laughs> it's it's such a beautiful i i i could go on i could do a whole episode just, just about the iron, iron giant. giant but yeah no it, it's lord of the rings too has has i'm i'm not as i've as a fantasy aficionado i am ashamed to say i've only seen the lord of the rings once and I haven't read the books yet. Uh, I heard. However, I I do very much enjoy it, you know. And and yeah. I've I've delved into that world, and and especially looking at it, I think it's very interesting to look at Lord of the Rings from a perspective of the world that was reflecting, mm-hmm. because it came out in the twenties, right? Late twenties. Late twenties, yeah. right? Like just re- being looking at the Lord of the Rings world, it is very easy to just be like. Ha-ha, fantasy world. But if you look at it in a perspective of the world in the 20s, lots of stuff begins to click into place, place, you know?
1: (laughs) It's funny, too. You bring up, you know, the Iron Giant. Like, I find that kids' movies often do that, like, entertainment and, like, you know, message combination really well. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because our
0: generation loves to, like, rewatch their children's movies. It is why I can be so critical of children's movies. Mm -hmm. I think... I think kids' movies especially carry a heavy burden. They have even a more important duty than mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff. Because we as adults can watch a movie and understand the messages it's getting across and being like, oh, this is not how the world actually works. If, if we watch a movie that is very like problematic and has a lot of negative things to say about things that and they're not true, we as adults can be like, this is not true. This is not how this area of the world works. But kids... They don't know how the world. works. they're just like, yes, yes, this is this is it, which, which is why so many people I hate I hate that thing of it's just a kid's movie, so we can excuse it." And it's like, no, no, you should you should be harsher on children's. They're movies. setting up our children <laughs> precisely, which is why I think a lot of a lot of kids' movies do good. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of really well- made kids movies that teach good lessons that can even sometimes get by parents who would rather their kids not learn those lessons, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. They carry, I think kids movies carry the heaviest burden in the filmmaking world, you Mm -hmm. know?
1: And this is, this is genuinely a true story that relates to this. I was in a small town in North Carolina, just driving through on my way back here last week. And uh, the waiters sat down with me and started having this strange conversation about how Sesame street was teaching their children to be liberal. Mm -hmm. Um, to which I just, I, in my head I'm laughing hysterically. But like, mm-hmm. and they were so frustrated. Like, And they were talking about how their kids were like expressing like these kind beliefs about all people. And I'm like, these people are talking about it like it's a bad thing. But I'm like, TV's doing these kids
0: right. Mm-hmm. Even though their parents are not on board. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the Mr. Rogers, like Mr. Rogers Neighborhood did that. Like that's what their purpose is. Because mm-hmm. because I think there is, sadly enough, there is a lot of people in this world who are trapped inside of bubbles and grow up in bubbles and are not ever exposed to the greater world. And doing that creates a cycle of bigotry, right? And when films can break that bubble and can break that cycle, that is, that is amazing because again, it's the stepping stones to make a better world, Truly, which is why it's, which is why cycling back you have to know what you're saying because it can be very easy for things to get misinterpreted by people
1: and I think too as creatives that's also why it's important that we surround ourselves with people that aren't going to be sycophants that are actually going to call us out when like I I send my scripts around to about 15 people every time I'm done um, and I have them all critique it and I I start with the people that absolutely um, love me and like just cherish me because they'll give me you know really kind notes I then make my changes send it to the people that don't know me very well but are mm-hmm. professional and they'll give me, you know, professional notes. And then I send it to the people that f- hate oh, excuse me.
0: <laughs> that hate me uh-huh. and they'll
1: just tear my stuff apart because, you know, even that helps me grow, but it's good to have people around that'll call you out that way things don't make it into your art that you don't
0: see that you had as mm-hmm. previous biases or opinions or beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's why it's so important to have a diverse group of people that you work with because Truly. the more extra perspectives you can have on the world, the better your art will be.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, and also because I feel like, you know, I I was I was privileged enough to grow up in in Hollywood and around a lot of industry people. And that's not as common in the industry as I would like it to be. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are just yes men to each other Mm -hmm. and thus
0: the same narratives get told. Sometimes that's how you that's the only way to be successful. Like I I understand that of being in a situation where you're like, this person is somebody that is going to give me jobs. (laughs) They will pay for my food. (laughs) I cannot tell them that this sucks, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's why it's so important to know how to critique because there are ways to critique and there are ways to say stuff is bad without making it feel like a person. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to master that skill right now. (laughs) It's a hard skill to master, I tell you what. Uh, i i'm not i'm nowhere close to mastering it and (laughs) because it's so easy for us as critiquers of art to also have messages be misinterpreted Mm -hmm. and to say things that are taken by the people who created this art and being like you hate me or you hate this like if like for example if if there are movies about like certain groups of people and and I I don't think they're done well. You have to be very careful when critiquing that because you have to make sure you're like I, it's not that I I just don't think this is a well made movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I don't know. I started this sentence <laughs> and kind of am trying to figure it out as I'm going, but I think you know what I'm no, saying.
1: No, right? I, I 100% get you. I mean, it, there's there's so much nuance to how we critique things, and it's also interesting because we you know we we even said this earlier like we tell people you have to write from your most honest place and that's how you create good art. And then after the most honest part is like ripped out of you and you've put it on the page and you've sweat over it. And then you hand it to someone and they're like, all right, here's why your truth is Mm
0: -hmm. Um, it's
1: hard to do. It's hard to critique the structure of art without getting into like (laughs) the emotional context for people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I think that's also like one of the beautiful things about being an artist is we get to work on ourselves in this
0: way that like we can take critiques Mm -hmm. and doesn't hurt us taking critique sometimes can help you grow as a like it helps you grow as a person oh my god so much though i've become like as i do more and more art and i I do more and i get more and more people to tell me stuff about my art i i learn more about myself Mm -hmm. uh, which is just a wonderful experience to have yeah yeah it's i was blessed
1: um the screenplay uh, that i finished uh, last year that i've been you know happy enough to send around um I got notes back on the first draft that was like, I I really do love your script. You have one scene in here, however, that is um you know, that is not is not gonna work. Like mm-hmm. this whole I think it was um I have like a dream sequence woven throughout. Um and the general just was like, this just isn't gonna work. Like it doesn't work with your screenplay, it feels out of place, you need to lose it. And for me that was my favorite part of the screenplay. Mm-hmm. But then I also had to look at it and be like, I only want this in here because it's what makes me scared or it's what makes me feel better about the possibility of this failing mm-hmm. in the sense that that's like it was like my comfort blanket i was like because i have this in here it feels more substantial but if i take that out it's just the story and mm-hmm. if i do that that's terrifying mm-hmm. um but because of that i'm able to like look into myself and be like oh why do i need a safety blanket i'm confident in my arts like other people seem to be so it really does help you improve as a person mm-hmm. and it's fun stuff and uh with the little bit of time left that we have, I have one more question to pose to you my co-host mm-hmm. so in terms of well, you said earlier that you do a lot of everything, right? It's-
0: yes, I, I try to um, have my foot in every single door all at once uh, <laughs> because, first of all, a lot of feet. I like to, uh, I like to have the opportunity to just if I want to make something, I can make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. Sometimes you know, working in this industry, it's it's hard to get people on board sometimes, and so having the ability to make something. By myself is good, but also it's just it's good to have as much knowledge as possible because it helps with how you critique stuff. The more you know, the more you're able to say. Mm-hmm. So, one thing that I
1: love about cinema, right, mm-hmm. um, is the idea that the things you make um, are kind of renewable in the sense that they always touch further generations onwards and they live permanently, right? So for you personally, and I guess maybe this is a little off topic, but I'm actually just curious, what would be your idea of success? Like Uh, what, what would you need to do with your films in order to feel like you've had a successful career as a filmmaker?
0: mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, It's not the way I thought the question was going. Okay. Um, so I think for me personally, I have always said I want to be a storyteller. Mm -hmm. I want my stories to impact people. And I want, in all honesty, I got into theater because a very good uh, friend of mine was performing. And I saw him perform, and I saw the impact it put on me and the, the wonderful effect that his performance and this whole show that he was doing had on me. And that made me want to create. So I think in all honesty, if my films, or my voice acting or anything I do, inspires other people to create something and to tell their own stories, I think I would be a success. If I can continue the cycle of telling stories, I'd be happy. I love it.
1: Especially, I mean, that's 100% what I was thinking when I said regenerative. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. we get to inspire the next generation. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, the greatest gift we have. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, thank you guys
0: so much for listening to another Dorm Room Ramblings. It has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure to talk to you as well. Uh, I'm very excited for this series to continue and to see everything else we have down the pipeline. True. Please check out our future collaborations on film
1: projects that will inevitably result from this podcast. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So until next time, thank you all very much. Uh, Have fun in the dorm room.
1: (laughs) See ya. (laughs)